Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. I am one of your co-hosts, Rob Clark, and joining us as always, Ed Katz. How you doing, Ed? I'm just doing great, thank you. I hope you're doing well, and hello audience, hello listeners, hello everyone. You, uh, you feeling good? You're fired up? You ready to do this, this episode we have in front of us today? I am so fired up. I just got back from the gym. I did my upper body. It's behind me. I don't have to do upper body lifting weights for another three days. So I'm on top of the world. Thank you for asking. Now, the audience can't see you, but I can. Do you want to flex your guns real quick? You want to show no, that, them? That's all right. No. We don't want anybody to faint. <laughs> Thank you. All right. This episode today, Ed, the importance of depth of management. So we're talking about cross-training here. So my question, Ed, for you is, we talked about this episode and you kind of said uh, this particular episode, depth of management is really a sequel to the last podcast we did on, you know, how to train your employees. Is that right? Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. So now you have to tell everybody how you tie these in together. How is this the sequel to training employees? Well, I believe in my heart that not only do you need to learn how to train your employees, which we covered in our last podcast, but to be successful, you've got to cross-train your employees so that you create what I call depth of management and also relates to an infrastructure. And I'll get into that later. But if I can explain what I mean by cross-training and how it all came about, again, here I am, that, that graduate from that terrible, terrible school of hard knocks. So I started my moving company and I taught and trained all the key people and all the key positions and everything's working very well. And I don't know if you how well you know me, Rob, but I am a salesperson and I'm a creative person and I can teach operations. I really can. I can teach everything you need to know about operations, but I, I don't like operations. I don't want to be the operations manager of any company. I mean, my heart goes out to them because I don't have the patience for somebody that comes to me and says, hey, how long is this job going to run today? I have to be back by four o'clock or I don't want to go out with so-and-so because he's got body body odor or I need a raise, Mr. Katz, I need more money or I, I worked outside on the ramp last last week and it was cold and raining and I don't want to go out on a job if I have to work on the ramp today. I mean, I don't want to hear all that. I just go crazy. Now I can teach it, but I don't like to be involved in it. So what happens? I started my moving company. Everybody's trained. Everything's humming. Everything's going well. And then what do you think happens? Somebody in operations like the operations manager quits without notice and guess who gets sucked into that black hole the owner of the company yes (laughs) yes and it's not like you flip a switch and put somebody else in place because at our company we were highly specialized and our operations manager initially was not just responsible for all the trucks the equipment the rolling stock you know the dollies the hand trucks and all that but in ordering supplies, packing material, but the operations manager did the equipment load sheets for the jobs for the next day and just kept up with everything, the dispatch. And so, you know, I had my own to-do list, like quote jobs and book moves. 
And all of a sudden, the rug gets yanked out from under me because operations manager quits. So that's when I learned about cross-training. So when you say cross-training, Ed, what, do, what do specifically are you talking about? I mean, most people would think cross-training is going to be in the same kind of sandbox that somebody plays in. If you're a driver, you might learn to be, you know, load up dollies or something like that. But I think you have a different definition. Well, I do. And it's not just training somebody else to do the job because think about all the different tasks I just mentioned. And those aren't all of them either. Um, that an operations manager, for example, is involved in. And if you think you're going to just simply train another person to fill that position overnight, uh, it's just not going to happen. So cross-training is training somebody else to step up and take over if that key person is sick, quits without notice, is on vacation, or becomes room, room temperature. You know, so Oops. step in. But... I also learned this. It's too much for one person to learn and master and do a good job. So the first thing I did was to, de to divide and conquer. And what I mean by that is this. I looked at the different tasks and jobs that an operations manager had at my company. And I said, you know what? There's no reason why the operations manager has to do the equipment load sheets. I mean, he's spread thin to begin with. And by the way, we had lady operations managers too over the years, but I'm going to just say, you know, he, make it easy. And um, so we, using my formula that I developed over the years, a scientific formula, taught our customer service employee, who happened to be a lady at the time, um, how to use our worksheets that I developed, look at the inventory of an estimate and fill out the equipment load sheets for all the jobs we had then for the next day. So every day around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, she would stop doing what she was doing and she would fill out the equipment load sheets. So that, I can tell you this, if and when um, the operations manager quit without notice, was MIA. It wasn't Ed Katz jumping in to do everything. At least that part of it was done by her. So dividing and conquering, it helped a lot. And we had the front office staff, like the lady who handled our insurance claims and you know, handled the administration of all insurance for our company, kind of like an office manager. Um, she would do the dispatching in the morning. So we, we took some of the tasks away from the operations manager and had other people do those tasks. Now, guess what? The operations manager could also dispatch. The operations manager could also fill out the equipment load sheets. But instead of having all those tasks on the shoulders of one person and making us even more vulnerable, we took dispatch and we took equipment load sheets away from the operations manager. Again, he was ultimately responsible, you know, to make sure that they were right. And that uh, if he had to, he could dispatch. And if he had to, he could fill them out. But that helped us tremendously. 
Um, the other thing we did was this. I took one of our supervisors, uh, and I love mentioning his name. He's like a son to me. He's, <laughs> he's still working at Peachtree Movers. And when I started in 1976, he um, fibbed about his age. He said he was 18 and he was 16 years old, working for Peachtree Movers from the time he was 16 years old. And he still works here today in 2021. But anyhow, he's a supervisor, great supervisor. And um, he was cross-trained to be the operations manager. So again, if the operations manager disappeared, Dexter Cook could step in and take over the reins. So uh, that's a long-winded answer, but we made sure that 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 job in particular was covered by more than one person and by dividing up the tasks and specializing them it made it so much easier to cross train and have have it so that other people would step in when it was you know when, when it was necessary well let me ask you this ed you know we talked about cross training and you and i had a conversation where we were uh preparing and talking about this topic for the for the podcast and one of the things we talked about I'd like to have you mention was, or get a little more in-depth on, was it's not just training somebody. You, you can't just train somebody that works in the, you know, up in front in customer service and be like, okay, now you're trained, go back into your job, and when we need you, we'll call on you, and by golly, you've been trained, so you better know what you're doing. You, you have something else that's very important to making this successful. Great question. Great question. Again, I didn't go to school to learn how to run a moving company. I mean, it just nobody taught me any of this stuff. So again, that terrible school of hard knocks. So when we first trained my customer service employee to do the equipment load sheets, I spent a lot of time with her. I went over all the worksheets, how to do an internal move, external move, load and deliver, van rotation shuttle, round robin, whatever you call it. She learned it. She mastered it. And about six months later, operations managers, MIA, and I said, oh, thank goodness our customer service person knows how to step in, at least do the equipment load sheets. Guess what? I didn't know. If you don't have the person who is cross-trained practice and do the job on a regular basis, what do you think happened six months later? She floundered. She didn't remember much of anything. I got sucked right back into that black hole of filling out the equipment load <laughs> sheets and doing his job. Oh, I didn't know. And so when you cross train somebody, you can't have them master it and depend upon them unless on a regular basis, you have them fill out the equipment load sheets. And so what was your, what we what finally was your did when we, yeah. What was your policy there? How, how often do you have pardon them? Me? That's a good question. It depends. Uh, I guess, well, she filled them out every day. Okay. okay. But we had the operations manager still take uh, once a week, he would fill them out. So to make sure he didn't forget how to, how to fill them out. But if I had somebody else cross trained, I'd make sure they did it at least once a week or they are going to forget. There's, there's too much to learn and too much to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you, we keep talking about the, these load sheets, Ed, and you know what I think about, right? 
Iomi. These are something. Iomi. Yeah, Iomi. <laughs> what what is is Iomi? I think you're connected with. Do you have something to do with that? Oh, Rob, the money is the check is in the mail, Rob. <laughs> yeah, Iomi International Office Moving Institute. You know, my 24 years of being an office mover. You know, as you know, I teach office moving to moving companies most of the time now online and all everything that i teach came from uh my experience at peachtree movers for the 24 years that we did more than 50,000 local moves most of which were local office moves but you know i saw my clients employees in other cities when i used to teach it in person and what i found was they would hire a new salesperson the salesperson would watch the uh, sales, other salespeople um, at their company and the, the other salespeople would say, okay, now once you book a move, this is the, your inventory sheet and you have to figure out what equipment to send that on, out on the job. And so here's how you figure that out and do you understand? And they say yes. And then they flounder. Why? Because they didn't learn anything. There wasn't a process. One of the things I did at Peachtree Movers, which is obviously transferred into the International Office Moving Institute online training, is a procedure, a policy, sequential steps on how to do everything. So what we've developed uh, through Peachtree Movers, through my, my training there, my experience there, which is again at, uh, in IOMI, is we came up with different load sheets, different equipment load sheets for the different types of moves. And if it's, for example, a van rotation, the person who was taught and charged with the responsibility of filling them out would use that particular worksheet for determining how many four-wheel dollies, how many speed packs or commercial bins, how many hand trucks, how many high-rise dollies. And you know, yourself, if you're doing a load and go load and delivery, you have to send really the exact amount of equipment needed for the job. Because if your base is far from the origin and your destination is maybe 45 minutes or an hour away from the origin, and you've sent too much equipment out on the job and you're having the crew stay together and you're going to all you know, load one or two trucks and drive to the destination together and you have too much equipment, what do you do with the overflow, right? You got a problem. And if you don't have enough equipment, you're double handling, handling the furniture when you load it and get it from where you are onto the truck because you don't have enough equipment. So you have to undolly some of the, the uh, furniture, take it off the dolly on the floor of the truck so you can recycle the equipment and get the rest of the furniture out of the building down to the truck. It's scientific. And what I developed were forms that anybody with average intelligence who's motivated who's careful can learn without ever going out on a move what equipment to send out on the job so processes processes forms and that's that's what iomi's all about and that's what i learned you know from being in the industry as an owner former former owner of a moving company so i gotta ask you we're talking about the load uh, equipment load sheets did you already have because i'm going to ask you another question here in just a second did you already have what i know as the inventory form from iomi did you already have that developed at this time or was that was the load sheet came first or how, how did that kind of 
you're making me ask these questions because I'm very curious how this all came about now, Ed, you know, back in the day. I know you learned all these things through the School of Hard Knocks, but I, I didn't realize a lot of this was implemented right there at uh, Peachtree Movers. I thought a lot of this came as you got out of the business and kind of reflected on what did I learn in my time? And you kind of came up with all these things and said, how could have I, how could I have improved that? And that's how Iomi was born. But I'm starting to realize something different here now. Well, again, I didn't know that I didn't know. I worked for another mover for six months to learn the business from the ground up, I thought. And I, you know, we specialized in everything, long distance moves, international moves, packing, local residential, local office moves. And so I was there for six months as a mover helper and worked my way up into sales and worked my way up into becoming a general manager of a branch he opened about 30 miles south of Atlanta. But that all aside, when I started Peachtree Movers, what I did was copy what the industry did. They used the inventory sheet that we use for residential. And I remember they said that a, a desk had a cube of 35, and then you would multiply Pound, across. Pounds, add yeah. up. pounds per cube. Yeah, right, right. You know, multiply across, add everything up, and whatever number of total cube you got, you multiplied that by seven, and that was how many pounds you had. And you said, on average, three men can move a 1,000 pounds per hour, okay? So if you had um, – 8,000 pounds, that would be three men for eight hours. But if there's an elevator in the office building, you add 10%. And if there's a long carry, whatever that is, you add another 10%. So here I am, I start Peachtree Movers with that as my, as my form for you know estimating. And I found the only moves that I got were because we were the low bidder. And this is really early on. So here it is Sunday afternoon. It's approaching five o'clock. The move's supposed to be over. We're moving an architectural engineering firm with flat files and drafting tables, you know, the worst of the worst. <laughs> we're not even halfway done with the move. And we're out in a suburb of Atlanta and my crew is tired and they want to go home. They're, I'm afraid they're going to mutiny. I get into one of our vehicles and I start driving around that area and literally offering $12, $12 cash per hour to anybody I see standing around on the street corner or at a gas station and say, hey, you want to earn some extra money? Meanwhile, I did pick up two strangers, whoever they were. <laughs> they helped us out. I paid them cash. We finished the job about 10 o'clock at night. And I said, I can't live like this. I, this formula doesn't work. And I found over the years that there is absolutely no relationship between cubic feet, pounds, and estimating how many hours a job is going to take for an office move. And so out of desperation, I started studying other service companies and other industries. And I found that they based their estimates, if you're a carpet installer, they know how many man hours it takes to install carpet. Or if you're a, a successful company that paints walls and inside office buildings, they, they know how many square yards, a square feet of uh, wall they can paint in a certain amount of time. And in other words, all these other service companies that were successful based their estimates on 
man hours. Here we were using Cuban pounds. So I really mastered and studied how other service companies and other industries uh, estimated. And I converted that into um, our estimating formula at Peachtree Movers, which ultimately became what we use, of course, for IOMI. And it really works. I mean, think about this, Rob. If they can build a high-rise office building in, in any major city, they know how long it's going to take to do the excavation. They know how long it's going to take to drive the pilings into the bedrock. They know how long it's going to take to erect the iron, the skeleton of the building. They know how long it's going to take to hang, to hang the skin, the glass on the building. They know how long it's going to take to install the conduit, the plumbing, the electric. I mean, all those things hang the sheetrock. And it's, it's scientific. If they can build something that complex and base it on man hours, don't you think something as simple as a local office move using a similar type formula based on man hours would be very, very accurate. And that's what I did. I learned from the other trades, the other industries, what they use, and I applied that to estimating jobs. And that's to this day, I, we can take an average, an, an average salesperson, a B2B type salesperson who never sold an office move, but maybe sold telephones or sold commercial insurance or sold office furniture. If that person has average intelligence, is motivated, and is conscientious, we can teach them our estimating formula that I developed years and years ago at Peachtree Movers. And within a short period of time, they can go out and figure out number of men, number of trucks for how long, and it's accurate without ever having to go out on a job. So I hope that answers your question. It, but It, it does answer my question, and the... I was asking that question to get to this. We talk about if you worked at Peach Tree Movers under Ed Katz, you were cross-trained, correct? Yes. And so everybody who's listening to this is going, wait, wait a second. You know, it's a certain type of person that's a salesperson. You can't just send anybody from the office out to be a salesperson. But based on what you just described, how your system was developed and how it worked, as long as you had confidence in that person to understand how to deliver and explain the services they were offering. They could accurately, you know, perform the inventory and come up with the logistics of origin and the logistics of destination, the time between origin and destination, and still come up with a quote, it sounds like. You're spot on. Our customer service person, who was a support person for the sales force, was cross-trained with our estimating formula. And so for what we called house accounts. It wasn't like, hey, we want you to come out and bid on our job to see who we're gonna hire. We got all their moves like, you know, Travelers, Rockwell, um, MCI at the time, that was what they were called before they became WorldCom and went out of business. But so in push come to shove, if we didn't have somebody available to go out and estimate a job, we could take our customer service person and send her out to estimate because she had learned and mastered the formula that our salespeople had. Was she a salesperson? No, she wasn't. But there were those jobs that she could go out and step in. In fact, she, out of the $4 million in revenue we did every year in local office moving, she booked over the phone approximately nearly $400,000 of, $400, of local office moves every year because she knew the formula. That's pretty and impressive. Isn't that something? Yeah. 
So that's really impressive. Okay. So I have another question for you as we get towards the end of this podcast. I hear all these great things that you came up with and implemented and how important, you know, depth of management, training employees, all these things that you did at Peachtree. I got to ask, you sold your company in, I think it was 2000, wasn't it? Yes. How, how important, if I remember the story right, the gentleman who bought the, the company didn't have a background in the moving industry. So he wasn't somebody just buying another location. He had no idea about the moving and storage business. But w- was what you had in place, did that kind of help sell the company? I would think it would help. Well, our, the, the gentleman, by the way, is now deceased. He died of a heart attack while playing golf, poor thing. And uh, he died several years ago, but his son and his widow and his daughter and their families all carried, carried on in our tr- tradition. And it's, it's, it's still a great company today. But he was the former senior vice president of FedEx. That was his background. He ran a $750 million logistics division for FedEx. He had 2,300 pilots report to him. How would you like to have that job? (laughs) And the amazing thing was that he told me later after he bought the company that, you know, Ed, he said, I looked at over 100 companies over the past two years. He said, I was burned out with corporate America. I wanted to have my own company that I could control and run. And he said, every opportunity I looked at over the past two years, it was the same thing. I could tell they did not have an infrastructure. In other words, he said, after, if I were to buy, let's say he said, let's say he looked at a tow, a tow truck company with a fleet of tow trucks. He said, I've, I looked at these companies and it was like a one man band. It was like all between the ears of the owner. And once he was gone, his employees would quit. Then we would lose the customers. And what I would be left with would be the hard assets, you know, the tow trucks in this example. And he said, I could go out and buy the hard assets for a heck of a lot less than I was paying for the name of the company and the business and all that. So he said, your company, Peachtree Movers, was the only company that we found that we were looking at over the years that had an infrastructure. You had a procedure in place for everyone. Everyone followed uniform standards. You had cross-training. You had depth of management that whether Ed Katz was there or not, this company rendered a consistent, high quality of service. That's why I bought your company. How do you like that? (laughs) That's a compliment. and, And when you sell a company, you don't just turn the keys over and walk away. Part of the deal was I agreed after he purchased Peachtree Movers that I would stay on for a month, of course, for the transition. You can't know everything and learn everything in a day or two. So I taught him after he made the purchase, I taught him my three day uh, in-person IOMI seminar. And uh, then I agreed to stay on for a month during the transition. You're not going to believe what happened, Rob. Uh, I was there. I was there. I was there for a week. I was there for a week and he came to me. He said, Ed, I'll be honest with you. Unless you just, are lonely and have no place to go and just want to hang around here. I'll be honest with you. I don't need you here anymore. <laughs> I, 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 I was blindsided. I couldn't believe it. This, this was my baby. I found that I started Peachtree Movers back in 1976. 
I was indispensable. I mean, I was a legend in my own mind. I knew that he couldn't survive without me. Well, that was like a week after he took over <laughs> the reins of the company. <laughs> well, you and, know what? You did all right uh, because you figured out there were a whole lot more people around the states and around the world that needed Ed Katz to come in and, and uh, teach them this IOMI system. So I think it's great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that vote of confidence. But let me tell you, at the time, I I was shocked. I, and he was right. He did. I rarely heard from him after the sale. He would call me every once in a while. But I mean, he he was a professional manager. He understood management. And he had the tools with what we had set in place to run the company. That's what gave us so much added value uh, to him when he bought our company. I thought that was fascinating. That's a big compliment to you. Big, big compliment to you. Well, okay. thank you. Ed, as we close out this episode of Depth of Management, do you have any last bit of advice for all of our listeners related to the topic? Well, again, if you want to have a life, instead of having the nickname, no life, you know, where if you're sick, you have to go to work. Or if you want to take a vacation, you can't because, you know, if you leave, you'll come back. And maybe the only thing that will remain the same is the name of your company. If you want to really enjoy this business, start cross-training all your employees, customer service, your bookkeeper. So if you do payroll in-house, you have somebody else who can step in and run payroll if that person who's your bookkeeper is gone, you know, for whatever reason, you'll have so much better value um, at your company. You'll have a life. You'll have the, the satisfaction, the security of knowing that if a key employee quits without notice, you have someone else other than you who can step in and take over the job and do it well. Just think about that. It would, it would give you such a better, higher quality of life for yourself and your family. That's no, I, my advice. I think it's great advice. And I think your, your point is really good because I think when you think about the moving and storage industries, uh, there's the exception to this. But for the most part, these are smaller offices. You know, you don't have an accounting department. You have an accounting person. You don't have a claims department. You typically have a claims person in an office. So being able to have those people cross-trained to whether somebody quits or not, but it could be a vacation they want to take and, and being able to have somebody, one or two other people help out in covering those departments. It could be, you know, an, a family emergency, whatever the case might be that that person can't be at work and do their regular duties, you have somebody who can fill in and help out. And I think that's huge. I also think it's huge for the employee, you know, to be able to add value to your worth to the company, to be able to learn these things and be able to say, hey, I'm a team player. I can jump in and help out if you need me to, is also something that they should think about. Good points. Great points. Really, this is, I hope, it, I hope this gives some good help to some yeah. of our our listeners who, as I said, their nicknames behind closed doors are, well, their nickname is No Life because it's, you know, it's all on them. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Well, fun conversation as always, Ed. Um, anything you want to say to the listeners before we uh, sign off? No, I hope that they got some value and benefit from our discussion today. I really do. You know what I was waiting for, right? I'm always looking forward to that. Bye, listeners. <laughs> Bye, listeners. <laughs> 
Well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. And until our next episode, go sell another move. <laughs>